When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 87 of the Bitter X Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan here this week again. And this week, I'm delighted to be joined by Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are you? Yeah, great stuff, Ronan. Fair play. David McGee, how are you? Yeah, all good, Ronan. Thank you very much. Donald Kelly, how are things? Tommy Kahanawa, Ronan. August Tufain. Lola Parag. This week. <laughs> and also joined by the returning Shane McGoom-Godrick. Shane, how are you? Good morning, yeah. Cheers. Very disappointed now this is my first run out you've given me this season, but sure, we'll talk about that later. So this week, we will look back on the 2-2 draw against Cork City. We will give away two cases of the White Hag beer. We'll discuss the latest news. And we'll also talk to Derry City fan JP Fay ahead of Friday night's game at the Brandywell and also discuss that game. So lads, we'll go back now to Saturday night. At the showgrounds, it was a 2-2 draw against Cork City. Sorry, self, Jerry, uh, 2-0 down, came back to 2-2. But I suppose, first of all, your own thoughts from the game? My own thoughts, I suppose, look, we gave away two really, really poor goals. The first one, you know, was like pinball in the box. And I'm sure we'll go into that more in detail later on. Um, second one, kind of a, a long-range, long-range, long-range drive. But I suppose... Overall, we showed great character again to to put ourselves back into the game um, and get the two-all draw. Slightly disappointed we can get the three points because uh, I think we're a better team than then. They were probably better than I thought they were. So happy then to get the point at the same time. So a bit of a mixed bag, really, if that makes sense. And David, you can touch on there the first goal. Um, was corner came into the box, but... It wasn't dealt with, and like it, it, the goal, the first goal was certainly on was avoidable to say the least. Yeah, swung the ball in the box, um, and just just playing it simple, poor defending. You know the the ball pinballed around, as Jerry said. There was multiple chances to get rid of it, and it's a soft header that that beats the. I don't know who was on the post, but it it, it ended up in the top corner. Um, but yeah, it's unforgivable, really. Like it's it wasn't a great ball in. They, they might have won the first. It's bobbled around, and you really, if it's coming like that, it you can't be too critical of McNicholas. But I, w- I would think at least when it's bounced a second time, just going clear three defenders out of the way. It was three Sligo over players that didn't deal with it, just call a name and smash it down the pitch, deal with it, get reset up, and go from there. But yeah, it's a really poor goal to give away. Um, so yeah, that that's something that needs to be looked at and worked on. I suppose, really, as a team collectively, we should have done better on it. Look, in the first instance, it was like, I was surprised to see uh, Hutchison kind of pushed off the ball down in the corner that led to the corner. Then when the corner came in, we were at sixes and sevens. I don't know if you can kind of pinpoint one player or 
even even the goalkeeper. Um, it was like kind of under eleven stuff, really, wasn't it? It was just, just, just it was kind of uncharacteristic of us, really. And I suppose, you know, in fairness to your man, the the Cork lad, he like at, at one stage, even at one, I think number four cleared it off the line for us, and we still couldn't get rid of it. Like they were trying to help us out, and they still ended up scoring. And that's kind of. Yeah, it was like fucking schoolboy stuff. It was disappointing, like, you know. And Ronan's disappointing to go 1-0 down again in the game. Yeah, Ronan, like, the first goal in any of these games, the first goal is massive. Now, I know UCD, we gave ourselves a mountain to climb there. And again, Saturday night, same thing, giving ourselves a mountain to climb. Like, if we go goal, if we go goal down, it's just playing into the other team's hands. The, they just sit in and very, very, in fairness to Cork, they look very, very compact and very well organised, disciplined. Uh, it was very hard for us to, uh, to to break them down. So the first goal in every game is massive. And I suppose the thing is, is not to concede. Uh, just what Jerry was saying there, I know uh, researching has been excellent since he's since he's come, but I thought he could have done better to kind of prevent that ball coming to the box in the first place. And that, that was the, the lead up to the goal. So look, it is what it is now, but I just think we're, I don't know, you need somebody vocal in the box for for organising for set pieces, for defending set pieces. We just need somebody that's, you know, just bark out a couple of orders and then show a bit of leadership back there because... Uh, yeah, just a bit of desire too yeah. to get your head on it. Like, yeah. you know, um, I'll just give you an example there. Like, you know, as I said before, I'm kind of involved with Marvel at various different levels and we've a great under-15 team at the, at the moment. And... Um, you know, every game we play, we can pass teams off the pitch. Absolutely dominate play. Score a beautiful couple of goals, blah, 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 blah. But every single corner that goes into our box, we don't want to defend it. We've absolutely no fire in our belly, no desire to to get our heads on the ball. Yeah, we want to do the nice stuff, but sometimes you kind of have to, you know, do the dirty stuff too because at the end of the day, whether they score from one yard out or they score from 30 yards out, the goal, you know, at the end of the day, it all, it's the same value. Um, so, like, we have bought 73% of the play. But, you know, it wasn't until the last probably 15 or 20 minutes that we actually really hurt them and got at them and, you know, turned the screw a little bit. So, that for me is probably the, the, the most disappointing thing is that, you know, every single game we go behind. Um, and as good of a football team as we are, and we are a better footballing team, you know, like look at Seamus Coleman there against uh, Brentford yesterday in the 93rd minute. He got, he defended a ball down in the bottom right-hand corner of Everton's pitch, and he celebrated like he scored a goal. That's what we need. To, we need to add that to our game, to our makeup. But Jerry, I'm just going to say one thing here now, and... Um... It's, it's the fans have an awful lot to answer for as well. Like the game against uh, the game against Pats, right? Man gets sent off, got the fans up for the game, right? Like the fans are so passive in that game for seventy minutes, and I, I don't care. There's going to be lots of people saying, "Oh, he's a gobshite or whatever for 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 banging this drum." But like at the end of the day, right? It should be a hostile environment for any team to come to, right? And if you're not up roaring and getting behind the team, uh, what's the point, like? You know, it's it's just like the Cork were there. It was like a library. The only the only fans that could be heard in the showgrounds for seventy minutes was the Cork City fans. 
you know, and I, I that's for me, that's that was more frustrating than the team's performance. Like you need to get behind the team. And yeah. you know what, you shouldn't have to be waiting. Sometimes the, the team need the, the 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 support to kind of push them on as well. Yeah, but I think it's kind of a, it's a bit of a back and forth kind of thing. Like, you know, you need the team to get the crowd stirred up and, and vice versa. And look, I think that the home crowd this year have been magnificent. And even Forza, like, you know, in fairness to them, I'd say they probably sung 70 out of the 90 minutes uh, the last day. And I don't know, I, I, I think... I, I look. I would love to play as bouncing every single game, every single minute. But it's a two-way thing, and I, I think Donald, that you're being a little bit too critical. Maybe I'm um, Jerry, but I just like from what I saw of the game, I just thought that it was very, very flat. The crowd were very, very flat, and it was no coincidence that when I felt that the crowd started to give give a bit more to the team, the team reacted, and then we got the two goals back. So I don't know. Maybe Douglas. Maybe I'm being super critical, but I just think like you're going to a game of football. You're not. And again, just, I suppose there's an element there with young ones running around the back of the goals and stuff like that too. That might yeah, be, that's a pain in the fucking arse. Yeah, to be honest, not, not helping things either. But just, just I suppose the thing is for me anyway is doesn't matter. Just get behind the team. Just try and encourage them and uh, make plenty of noise because if you're quiet, you're making it easy for the opposition. That's that's I suppose that's the point I'm trying to make. And Magoo, if we can go back to I suppose that. The... The first goal, like the lads mentioned there, mentioned there, I suppose someone been vocal, but like we all know, it's, it's a thing that I suppose you either have it or you don't, and sometimes you kind of think, you know, I don't know, do we do we have players like that that are willing to to you know put put a vote, put a name on the ball and get it out of the way, get get the ball out of the way? Well, I think I think the first goal kind of just uh, mirrored the whole or the first seventy minutes of the game really, just no one wanted to take responsibility and. Everything, like Dolan was saying, I thought myself as well, the whole place was very flat, the team was very flat, the whole ground was very flat. Whether that was because of the weather, the night that was in it, everybody was just feeling that bit cold and just under, just uh, not up for a game or what, I don't know. But I just felt the whole place, maybe because it was Cork, and no disrespect to Cork, but I think most people would have thought, like they would never have looked at the Cork's recent games or results or whatever, just sort of thought, Cork were from other side, we should be beating these handy enough. and whether the crowd and everybody was coming with that attitude, I don't know. But I just think the first goal was kind of a mirror of that whole thing where everybody was leaving it to everybody else nearly. Nobody wanted to take responsibility. Like, I think that's the first set-piece goal we've conceded this season, is it? So, like, I think against, definitely from corners anyway, like, I think against Strata, like, Strata must have had 20-odd corners that game and there was some serious deliveries going in there and was our men willing, Max Bala, being the main man and the same as I willing to put his head on it and clear it and stuff so I think there is they've no bother defending it it's just last night it was a bit I don't know everybody was looking to each other to do something and it's nearly the same with the second goal nobody went to close down and you know leave it to the next man same with even attacking last night for the first 70 minutes you know you need somebody to to take the game by the scruff of the neck and go and do it and stuff and it was like everybody was just passing it off and leaving it to the next man to do it and I just think it just murdered the whole performance really First goal. And touch on that second goal, David. It was, you know, I suppose one nil behind is bad enough, but two nil behind was a was a was a killer blow at the time. Yeah, and it had both goals coming against the run of play as well. I think Jerry said it was 73% possession for ourselves. Um in a game that we did dominate, but you know, we, we weren't creating anything. There was a lack of cutting edge or a lack of creativity, or as Magujo said, somebody to take the responsibility and take the game with a scruff and I can drag you up the pitch. 
and start making you play. But in terms of the second goal, yeah, it was um, it's another error from ourselves. Um, then the ball gets pumped down. But before that, we have possession of the ball again. Pinacker went to play to Hutchison, a five-yard pass, and he missed it and went out for a throw, and it ends up coming back down, uh, pumped in. And look, it wasn't even a, a good, it was a decent hit. He hit it early and caught my Nicholas out. But it, it's, again, it's a poor goal to give away. And, and these games, as, as we always mention, is they're going to be tight. You're not going to get any any easy game across this division at all. So to keep gifting teams silly goals like that from our own errors happened it twice at UCD um, and it's happened twice again tonight. So, you know, t- t- the games are tough enough and you can't be given, you can't be gifting teams goals because uh, they're hard enough to get back into. Look, again, as, as Russell said in his post-match, uh, post-match interview that you have to take the positives from tonight. And you're right, you do have to take the positives um, in terms of character and starting to play, I think, again, his, his substitutions um, looked quite good. There was a, a bit of drive. I thought Barlow was excellent when he came on at halftime. He's using that that instinct and arrogance to try and do something. And Bogdan looked quite decent as well when he came on. But as we started to turn the screw, you know, we did look better. But the second goal, it's it's avoidable again. So I'd like to see us just be a little bit more kind of resolute. Um and not just have that seventy-three percent possession for the sake of having possession. We need to we need to be a little more, a bit more cutthroat with it. I found there was a lack of runners trying to get in behind, um, getting the runner from midfield to get in behind when Max is dropping deep, or he's got a centre half on his back and he's holding it up and looking to bring others into play. I think that um, we can get players beyond them when we just didn't do that. We didn't get them turned enough. There was a not so much a lack of ideas. I think we're still very balanced in how we went to, about the game and how we tried to attack, but getting people beyond him or closer to him that he can actually go and spin again and, and get into get into more advanced threatening areas. Um, I think that needs to happen. But again, look, it's it was a flat performance, as we've already said. So sometimes that's just the way things go. And then, and then we go and get back into the game. And eventually, I think it's as flat as it was. We come out with a point, you're probably happy leaving the ground, you know. Another five minutes, we would have got three, you'd say. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it seemed like it was going that way, Magoo, but yeah, time wasn't on our side, you know. I suppose the first goal that went in, lads, it came from, you know, you're trying to get a goal from open play, but, you know, get the ball in the box from a corner and in a Clancy on the end of it, Donald, so it's a, he might have, there was times where, you know, a few people were frustrated with in a Clancy, but, he stepped up last night when it really counted on us. But the first goal, the goal was, you know, he got the assist for the second. We can move on out to in a in a while, but just the goal was, you know, it, it was, was really it was a really composed finish, Ronan. Like it, just a bit of composure in the box, and he nearly stroked the ball lovely um, in, in, into the back net. Um, and again, it's just I suppose he didn't snatch the chance when it when it landed to him. He didn't snatch the chance. Now I remember, um, like, like he is forming, like he, he knows he knows where the back of the net is in Bernard's room. So, uh, um, so I was excited for him personally on a personal level because I know um, he might have come in for a bit of criticism uh, previously in different games, but uh, certainly like he was the man that got us back into the game last night or on Saturday night. So good luck to him, yeah. And I suppose Jerry was it important that he got that goal with time to spare as well. Like you know, there were plenty of time then to get the equaliser and then. Try and push on and get a winner as well. Yeah, but look, as you said there a few minutes ago, we just kind of ran out of time, to be fair. Um, and, you know, I suppose Cork have, Cork really only have themselves to blame because as the game went kind of went on and on, they just kind of regressed and uh, sat deeper and deeper. So they kind of invited us 
us onto them. It's kind of something that we would probably would have done last season and the season before. And you know, you know where you could see you're you're hanging on for dear life, uh, to, you know, to two one or one nil or whatever the case may be, and you're nearly you're not you're even beyond, you're even deeper than the eighteen yard line. So you know, I know Cork City fans will be disappointed with the result, but I'm kind of disappointed too. Obviously, to go two goals down and to give ourselves a mountain to climb. But at the same time, too, we didn't give ourselves enough time to get to get a winner because I think it was there for us. But like even for the penalty as well, the for our second goal, like at the, my initial gut feeling at the time was that it wasn't a penalty. Um, but having looked back on it now, it was penalty was obviously given for a handball rather than the challenge on um, Kalen, which was a pretty robust challenge, but it would have been a soft penalty in fairness. So I have to give look, you know. Uh, we're very quick to call out referees when they've had a bad performance um, on on here, uh, but have to hand it to Arnold Hunter. He had, he had a a brilliant game, absolutely brilliant. Um, like I think it must be the first time in Sligo Rovers history where the club didn't get a yellow card, and that's like we were talking about this last week on 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 the show. In that, you know, teams are ending up with four, five, six yellow cards, and there's not a bad tackle in the game. Again, last night there wasn't. We didn't have a bad tackle and, you know, in fairness, we didn't get a yellow card. So for at least once we were rewarded not getting a yellow card, um, which was great to see. Um, probably no coincidence that Arnold is a, an Irish league referee and he has no allegiance, I suppose, to the FEI and the, the petty cash uh, box. So, yeah, that 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 helps. But just on the penalty as well, um, do you know, as I said to you, it probably looked a bit harsh at the time. But it was obviously given for handball, and you didn't see the Cork City player actually remonstrate with the referee. The last point, and that always tells a tale, like, you know, and looking at it closer in detail, the Cork player kind of blocks the camera angle with, with his body, but you can see how his arm moves towards the ball. And instead, he he, he, doesn't, he doesn't complain, he doesn't remonstrate. And in fairness to Hunter, he actually raises his arm to show that it is a handball as the, the footage is, is move, moving along. So I think, look, the the the, the correct decision was was come to um, at the end. The last point I'll make on the referee as well, when you compare him against, say, for instance, uh, Matthews on Monday night, I think Connor uh, called it out and he said that uh, Matthews actually got more touches of the ball than Undoyle did. Um, so do you know what I mean? Like his position on the pitch, he like you can see if you were compare compare Matthews and Arnold, right, Arnold Hunter. I'd say Arnold Hunter actually played the game and I'd say Matthews never played the game because Arnold Hunter knew where to position himself within the game. He didn't interfere with play. He was in the correct position to be able to give the, the penalty. Could you say that about Matthews? The complete, complete opposite. And I'm not saying that now because we 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 got we got back into the game and we got the point and we we got a penalty even at 2-0. It was like, you know, you know, he's had a he's had a he's had a great game as referee. You know, he was the only time he came to attention was when uh, he gave that penalty and he gave the right decision, in my opinion. It was definitely for handball the, the penalty kick was given for. I was actually surprised that the, the commentators didn't pick up on it as well because clearly afterwards, like, I was straight line with it, so it was, it was like your man's body, the cork lad's body was out from his hand and he nearly batted the ball with with, with his hand. So it was, that, that's what it was given for, right, yeah. And we, I was surprised that the commentators didn't pick up on it at the time. Yeah, but, and we actually talked about that previously, uh, Donald, uh, on here where we were saying, like, you know, people to sit down and make their own judgment and their own opinion on play and things like that. And it's like, it's mad, like, you know, because Jessica Farry doesn't spot 
um, that it was a handball, everybody's ranting and raving that oh, it was because of the foul. But like when you sometimes at the, you know when you watch the coverage back, you can clearly see that it was because of the hand. It wasn't because of the challenge. But everybody runs with what the commentator says, yeah. rather than making their own mind up. So it's just funny too. I didn't get to see matches today last night. I'm sure that was a kind of a, a surreal experience for a lot of football fans out there with uh, no commentary. So I'd say we're lucky to have a, a senior football team in our, in our in our region that we can go and watch football and and uh, take in live football. Which you know, there's no there's no compensation for that. And Magoo, the penalty came from in Clancy Crossfield ball, but Kieran Barlow making himself a nuisance once again, winning that foul. Well, not winning for the foul, but he, you know, he it was his break into the box that kind of led to that penalty. Yeah, well, he was he was definitely looking for the foul anyway. It's just he he got what he wanted, but in a different way. I think he made a huge difference when he came on Barlow. Like he, he that bit of a bite and aggression, and he just the hunger to go and do. It's, it's like I say. He's like wound up when he's sitting on the bench looking at the game, and he he's probably getting more wound up and wound up as the game goes on, looking at thinking I could be doing this, and like you know what Barlow be like, Barlow being Barlow, I would have done this and I would have done that in his own head. And when he's unleashed, then when he comes off on on the off the bench, he's been excellent the last two games. Like he's really changed the game both times. Like he's it's, it's a great making a great case for himself again to get back into the first eleven. But there's also that thing then of he makes such an impact when he comes on. For the last half hour of games, like he, he really is. It's great to know that you have, you can look around and have that in the bench when you need a game changer coming on because he really has changed the game. And he's it's shown great leadership and responsibility, in my opinion, as well. Like, um, for a man at such a young age, he, he just come on and he grasped the game, he take away the scruff of the neck, and like that, like last night to win the penalty, he knew where he was going, what he was doing, and in his head, I'm going to win a penalty here and get us the lever. He wasn't standing back waiting for someone else to do it. He was taking responsibility and going and getting it done. And he done it. and we won the penalty, obviously, and, and Max scored it. But I think uh, all credit to Barlow for it. And Clancy before that. Like, as you said already, and Donald said, like, Clancy has got some stick. I'm not of any of us here, obviously. But you see it on social media and stuff. Lads who have a clue what they're talking about. And for him to score the first goal and have a hand in the second goal to get us two points this night, uh, or to get us a point this night, I think it's great for him as well. Should should do him the world of good as well, hopefully. And would you say that's a, an underrated quality of Kieran Barrow's game that, you know, there's all the talk about what he can do, pass and tricks and flicks, but it's the it's the ability to change the game, have his own leadership, as you mentioned there, to to bring the game to the other team. Like. Yeah, it's 100% an underrated. You'd never hear spoke about him at all. You'd hear a lot, as you say, about his skills and his ability on the ball, his technical ability um, and stuff like that. But that, like... The leadership quality you showed, like just for a lad of his age, anyway, to take responsibility of you know, give me the ball in in tight spaces and uh, under pressure and stuff like that is, is great responsibility. But the leadership then to drive to take the team and drive it forward and stuff like that is, is great leadership qualities for for a lad so young too is uh it's brilliant I think in a minute it's it's another it's another string to his ball really as well that's you know, for potential suitors that, that people will be like, like, we all know, like, it's, it's probably only a matter of time before people start coming sniffing around with the way he's playing. It's another thing that'll be uh, American as card that to show that kind of responsibility and leadership and stuff like that to, as you, as so young, like, it'd be easy for him to stand back and just get the ball and, you know, pass the five yards. He's only a young fella. No one will expect him to do it. No one, will, if we don't get back into the game, it won't be him who's criticised. It'll be the, the more experienced and the older lads that we criticise, but 
it's easy for him to to not take the responsibility for to you know when he takes something on like and missed it like he took a shot on earlier in the second half bent it and went way wide like it's easy to do that and you know towards the end of the game if, if it messes up you're going to get the flag for it but he just takes it on the chin and he goes and it's, it's great responsibility great leadership Sean I think from and as was around me the game the last day to say now there was a lot, of, a lot of talk about the ball going over and back and you know side to side that you know don't like it's it's frustrating at times but you can you can see what the the team are trying to do but that's that is the game rolling like that is the game plan it's it's i suppose it's to move teams and create space you know and uh, that's just the way the game's gone and like you think of the goal we scored against uh, the, the first goal against against Pats. That's like it's that kind of play that creates goals like that. Do you know, like it's it's not aimless. Do you know, there, there, there's I suppose there's a logic behind it. And like last year, get up the pitch or you know, like getting on on the team's back because they're not I suppose getting the ball up the quick up the pitch fast enough. Like that's not the way the game is played. Well, it's certainly not the way that John Russell wants to play the game. I mean. I hoof the ball. That's the way. That's the way the game was played in the League of Ireland twenty years ago. It's a different. It's a different. Uh, it's a different ball game now. I think it definitely is. Like you know, you're trying to move teams from. You're trying to move teams out of position. You're, you know, like and, and like Cork's game plan would have been. I think when it came with a, what looked to me is like a four four two. So that two bands of four, and they're moving left and right as a unit, sticking together, being compact, and it's up to us to try and you know unhinge that and break the lines and, and, and things like that. So, like, fans, I suppose, look, it is frustrating at times. There's no other way to put it than that. But that's that's football. You know, Cork aren't going to... They've, they've got their shape. They've got their game plan. It's up to us to go and break it down. We probably didn't do as good a job as what we would be what we would expect to, for the first 70 minutes. You know, we had a lot of position, possession, we found it difficult to break them down uh, and kind of suited them to sit in with the two banks of four being compact, try and pick us off on the break. Um, and they've done it very, very well. Um, so yeah, look, there, there, there is an, you know, like it's easy to, to play the Sam Allardyce game and just fucking knock it long to back. And, you Which know, we don't have a, we don't have a big man up front though. Where, where no, do people want to hit this ball? Like, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. And you know what? That's, you know, you're just giving the ball back to the opposition. And yeah. like we said at the start of the season, I think the first the first show we say was and, and the buzzword was 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 patience. Um look, I don't think the, the performance of last night was good enough to be fair. Um when you do have 73% of the play, you should be a bit more cutting, a bit more um, you know, making opportunities. It didn't happen. We got away with it. Yeah, look, I think what you'll see in Derry as well is that. You'll probably see us kind of having obviously a lot less possession, possession, and we'll try and do the dirty what Cork done to us. Not the not the exact same way, but the principle will be pretty much the same. Yeah, just to add to that, I think as, as we spoke to John Russell at the start of the season, and how meticulous he is in his plan and how he wants his team to play. That's how he wants his team to play. They're drilled that way. They do it every every day in training. And they go about how he wants them to play. Because if you don't, you're not going to be in the team, you know. And, and he wants possession-based football. And as you said, you're trying to move a team around to break them down. But it's not 
Yeah, again, look, I agree with you. It, it is frustrating at times, but when the ball gets worked across and the the the, the bank of four in midfield do shift, then we ping the a diagonal ball in, and we've done it a few times the other night, and it is a it's a, a kind of trait in our play. But we've got players then who can like that. Okay, it's not going into Max Matt up front, but it is going to the wide men. The big diagonal is on, and we've got players who can play that ball. So, yeah, look, it's it's definitely the way the game has gone. Nobody yeah. wants to really see back to front the. Uh, Football, the old Sam Allardyce, as you said, but it is the way the game has changed. It's it's a different style of football, and and if that's the way Russell wants to have it played, that's the way lads have to play. Yeah, and with, that diagonal, with that diagonal, you're trying to get the ball into Hartman or, or Will Fitzgerald to isolate the fullback, get them in behind or something. Yeah, yeah. get them behind. Yeah, so like it, there is I, different I, elements to it. Some people, and I'm not again. Look, it, it's not saying people don't understand it, but you have to understand that that's how the manager wants his team to play. So. That's, I that's don't always understand it ourselves, like sure. So, yeah. but if we were playing, <laughs> if point. we were playing it, if we were playing the other way, they'd be complaining as well. Hoofing yeah. up the pitch. Yeah, hoofing up the pitch. Mm. Do you know what I mean? What do you do with this long ball? Let's mm. play. We want to see more football and stuff. The only thing that was wrong last night that, like we said already, we were flat. We were a bit out of sorts compared to other games. We just didn't move it quick enough. Mm. It wasn't moved quick enough. There wasn't enough tempo. One and two touch passing. We took an extra angles. touch when we didn't need to. An extra times. touch, yeah. yeah. Too many times it was an extra touch taken. We also didn't. I thought. I thought uh, Bradford had a good game, but I thought I'd like to see him get on the outside of Hartman more, around the outside, the overlap to maybe take a defender away because Hartman likes to come inside and get one on one, take the man on on the inside. But when Bradford is coming inside too, it's crowding everything on the inside and it's it's making it a bit congested. So, you know when you're Playing against a compact team like that and that, trying to get around the outside of them is probably the easiest and going through in the middle of them. Because you can see as well, they were very well organised. They stopped everything going into The man sitting in front of Max Mata, they stopped everything into Max Mata into his face and chest and stuff. We couldn't get anything into him to hold up and play off and stuff like that. So, but that was the only thing that we, like, we just weren't quick enough. You see people, but getting back to your original point, Ron, about people complaining about side to side and, you know, I've seen people on the forum complain about Browning. They've, they've rolled him off already because he's, he, he all he does is play sideways and backwards. Like, such bollocks have you ever heard in my life. Like, if anybody was watching the draw of the game, he was the man who was continuously getting us off the pitch in the first half, getting the ball in the half turn and squaring it out to either wing. Last night, he hit a few on the play, but you have to remember the wind as well in the second half was ferocious, like carrying that ball straight out of the play. He obviously, as Donald said earlier, didn't adjust to the conditions as well as anybody else. But like to be writing fellas off after four games is madness. And saying like Tommy on the forum says he only passed sideways, so get him out of the team. But John Russell and Ryan Casey, all them fellas, don't have a clue what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Listen to the book on the forum. Like Yeah, but I, I think the, I think the important thing though, two lads, is that you know. Like we we give our opinion on here, and it doesn't mean that we're right at all. Like we we we're probably talking absolute bollocks. Same as you know, you know. Tommy, we're not writing uh, lads off after four games, though, Jerry. That's the difference. No, I know that. I know that. But look, I suppose everybody's in, 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 entitled to their opinion, and um, and and definitely, you know, I I suppose I get what you're saying, you know. Like there's 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 too much negativity out there at times and and um that for me is more frustrating than anything, but to be honest just, with you. Sorry, Jerry, just it goes back to the point that I was making earlier on, right? 
like you have a young fellow there that's coming to, coming to this club and he's trying to make a name for himself, right? Browning, for example, right? So Browning's trying to be brave and get on the ball. And next thing, he hits a misplaced pass. And the next thing, all he hears from the stands, you fucking bollocks, you what the fuck you yeah, Get him off. This kind of negativity, straight down and top. You know, like, like, yeah. like, like what, 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 what's that achieving? Do you know what I mean? I, I just don't get it. Yeah. It's, achieving, get it. it's achieving the, I was right. I said it from the start uh, that he's no good. So I'm going to keep pushing that down your throat until I'm proved right. Yeah. And so that, that, that seems to be kind of, that seems to be kind of really uh, to the forefront of people's uh, opinions or makeups now is that I told you so or I'm right yeah. or I don't know if it's if it's a if it's a consequence of it was look it was always there and and but I don't know it seems to be more prevalent now than ever before and it, it, yeah look I think if you support a football team you support a football team you support the the players that are out there like every single I, I don't even believe we're having this conversation it's kind of a bit crazy like um that do you know what kind of way you'd yeah. think we were at the bottom of the league we're what we're yeah. joint third, joint third, yeah. Um, and for us to be joint third is just like you know, Jesus, that's exactly where you'd love to be. Um, being realistic, so you know, yeah, things are frustrating at times and and stuff like that, but Jesus, we're, we're doing okay, we're, we don't have a lot to complain about, so yeah, just look, well, you say, just in, enjoy it and get behind the team and. Don't but be like, moaning and groan. I would say it's just before you come in there, Miguel, I, I look, I, I know the majority of people that actually listen to this show are kind of like-minded thinking people, same as ourselves. They want to get behind the team. They want to see us do well. They're not pissing, moaning and giving out. It's just... But sure, look, it's like everything in, in, in life. You know, the people with the, 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 the biggest opinion or with the... They've got the biggest. They make the was well, empty vessels make the most most noise. That's from first class in uh, St John's or somewhere <laughs> or wherever. But as I, what I was gonna say was, John Russell have every bit of data that you could take of from all the players from every game. So if there's some man not doing what he's supposed to be doing, if he's passing too many things backwards or sideways, he's not passing enough forward. He'll know about it. Russell will. So if he's playing every week and he's playing the same way that's the way John wants him to play and as you said Jerry we're turning the league so it's working so why is Jonas saying would you be jumping down fellas backs and throws after two or three games like it's just because you don't like the look of a fella or something and then you're constantly trying to push this narrative of everybody else and as Ronan saying you're in you're in a game complaining about a pass but sometimes the hardest pass to do is the simplest pass like yeah. everybody wants to like last night when it's a, you're playing against a packed defence Oh, I'm gonna ping it all over the place here and everything. No, keep playing it simple, and that's the way you move them out of position. The hardest pass to play, the simplest pass. But no, everybody's complaining side to side. Get him off the pitch. He's he's going backwards. He's going sideways. Like my biggest my biggest worry is that um, you know, like we all seen that video of where the Shamrock Rovers supporters are absolutely tearing strips off their their players, and the players are having an arguments having arguments with the fans at Talca Park. Do we do we want to regret, regress into that? We're better than that. We're not. We're a fi- far higher class of people than them. Let's not go down that road of where we're negative about everything and kind of self-entitled. Do you know? Uh, I think we all work too hard as supporters. As I said, we're not fans, we're supporters. All of us, collectively, no matter what you do, everybody does something. Don't let's go down that negative route of being 
like them we're better than that I think what you said as well the buzzword is ringing true as well we have to remember it's that patience we're five games into a season but as you said third in the league all's looking good there's always something to work on there's always something to evolve and try and do better that's natural with every football team but it's 10 new signings as well you know yeah. it's 10 new bodies getting used to each other finding how how they, how they play in manager system and again patience because it is five games in we're not 25 games in it's five games so let's all just chill and enjoy it as you said yeah just enjoy it just uh, not to not to steal Ronan's thunder but I suppose um, it was probably the, the first time really that we got to have a proper look. Maybe it well, was probably the second time, but uh, a Bogdan. What, what did you think of his performance in the second half? I think he was, he put himself about, but I didn't probably see enough of him, to be honest. I don't think he got on the ball much at all, once or twice. But yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen much of him to know what's his, where's he fitting in? Like, is he, because Stefan has started the last two games in the ten as such with Matt up top but like where does Bogdan fit in when you have you'll have Hartman and Fitzgerald starting you'll have Matt starting I suppose I suppose it's a battle between himself and and Stefan to see who who can fit in that position like yeah but he's like a full he's a full Estonian international what what do you reckon McGee? I think I think he looked alright Um Again, look, we only seen seen a few minutes of him, but he showed some nice touches and he went past one or two players as well. I think he hit it the left foot shot blocked as well. So he did make an impact um on coming on. Ultimately we ended up, you know, drawing the game and, and getting back into it. So yeah, I, I think there's definitely a, a nice player there. Um again, be patient with him and and because he's had a couple of niggly injuries. So yeah, look, start start introducing him in games and seeing how it can go with there. I think what or yet to see, and, and it may never happen. It might be, again, just me talking absolute shite, but those type of creative attacking players, I know John likes to play with two wingers, but the likes of Barlow, the likes of Bogdan, the likes of Frank, the likes of Stefan, they could play anywhere across that, that the streets playing in behind the centre forward. A lot of interchangeability there. Like, I think Barlow could be just as effective on the left or the right. Like, and the same with Bogdan, you know, and, and we, he may do that later in the season, we don't know. But I like the look of him and it's better to have more bodies like that than not have them. That's on that, right? So can we, like with the players that you put out there, right, they can play, a lot of them are kind of probably number 10s. And maybe yeah. you probably, you could probably play Barlow maybe number eight. Is is there an alternative system that we could play to accommodate those players? It's tricky because, as you said, they are all more more or less the same kind of mould as a number 10. I'm sure they could. Look, they're, they're seasoned footballers, Barlow being the youngest, obviously, Bogdan's an international. Go, going away from the 4 2 3 one that he likes to play, he'd be more kind of sitting in with, I don't think he'd go 4-4-2, maybe a 4-3-3 with a, with a deep line midfielder, whether that's somebody as a, an out-and-out holding midfielder or that's going to be somebody that's being a, a more deep line playmaker, you know, that kind of a way, or your quarterback kind of a role. Um, I don't see it personally, but... It, it could happen, but I, I just think there is there is interchangeability across the, the, the three attacking midfielders more so than um, than a complete formation shift, yeah. And that's probably what this part of the season is for, is the trying out to see who fits where. Yeah, it's, it's connecting the dots for the manager. I mean, ultimately that's his job, but he's brought in the new bodies and yeah, look, the more that are fit and ready to go and, and look like quality players, then it's a good headache for him to have. You know, we've... we've um, We've spoken before, like it's as strong a squad as we've seen in a long, long time. So it's a, it's a good headache to have for Russell, definitely. I suppose just one last point is that 
I think we need the likes of Bogdan and 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 John Mahan to like they would have been nailed. Like if you were to have the 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 list of players at the start of the season, like you would be thinking that Mahan will be your main centre back, and you would be thinking that Bogdan will be your probably your number ten. Now we've seen very little of both players, and like when you go back to what JP was talking about the Derry City squad, how they're able to bring these guys in, and it's kind of like there's there's so many players out injured, but there's so many players that can come in and and do just as good a job. We we're not really in that position where we have that luxury. So I think we need to, like, we need to have John Mahan and Bogdan participating more in terms of game time on the pitch. We can't be we can't afford to um, be waiting for John Mahan to get fit or. We can't afford, you know, fair enough, he got sent off the last night. He was probably a little bit um, unlucky. Uh, we can't afford to have an Estonian international sitting with splinters on his arse on the bench. We're not that big of a club that we can afford to... We need these guys to get their shit together and step up, to be fair. Um, and, you know, I know the manager will come out and protect them and he'll make reasons for them why they're not playing. But we're Sligo Rovers and we've got an Estonian international and a guy that was probably, you know, the best centre-back in the league one or two seasons ago, went to Scotland. We need these guys on the pitch if we want to get in top four. Simple as that. I know that sounds harsh, but in my opinion, that's that's real life. Beer score t- cast time now, lads. Dave McGee, we give away two cases of the White Hag for... Saturday's game against Cork. We did indeed. Again, massive, um, massive engagement on the post. So again, thanks to everybody for for engaging. Uh, two winners again this week. Uh, the first one is Dylan Henry, and the second one we have is Alan Kearns. So, case of White Hag will be in touch, and we'll hopefully get a few beers in your hand fairly soon, lads. Right, lads. Move on now to latest news. Uh, first of all, touch on is the scene. The women's team. Were defeated 3-1 against Wexford on Saturday. Um, they went one 0 behind, came back to one one with a, a great goal from Sarah Kiernan, but unfortunately came away with a three one defeat. Um they're back in action on Saturday at the showgrounds against P Mount. So if you can get down to that game and under chance to see the senior women's team in action in that one. I am delighted to say now we are joined by JP Fahey, who is a Derby City fan, ahead of Friday night's game at the Brandywell. First of all, JP, you're welcome along to the Better at Supporters Trust podcast. Thanks for having me, lads. Delighted to be on. So, JP, uh, Derry City, they've played five games and they're still unbeaten in the league. I suppose from your own point of view, how, how have things gone so far from a Derry City fan's perspective? So far, so good. I think I we've been the we've been the Tala and Richmond Park, and we've won. And or sorry, we've picked up four points, and we we've drew home to Dundalk. So we've played three of the other top four, and we've in the first five games, and we've come out unbeaten. And um, we're supposed to be the the team that's going to be the nearest challengers. Obviously, the the Shamrock Rovers this year, and we, we've been given somewhat of a bit of a head start in terms of. Seven points. Um, after five games, I don't think anybody could could have imagined that. Um, <clears throat> possibly could have a, 
uh, a couple more points. Um, we conceded late on the the St. Pats and <clears throat> we done everything but score in the second half against Dundalk. So, um, from a dairy point of view, I think we are, we have to be pleased with it with the start we made because eleven points from fifteen, um, <clears throat> is uh, I think a pretty good return considering the amount of injuries that we've started the season with and it just makes the squad look pretty strong that you're looking throughout the, the squad and you're like missing the likes of Michael Duffy, Cameron McJanet, Cameron Dummigan, Adam O'Reilly and Kieran Harkin who's been long term since last year as well so you look and we lost Mark Connolly to hamstring the other night as well so you're looking at them players and then you're looking at the players still having it's it's still a pretty strong squad, but they, they have 11 points from 15 and then players still to come back in. Um, I think I think we, we have to be delighted, to be honest. And you touched on the squad there. You mentioned there's a lot of injuries in the Derry City squad. Like, How strong is that squad that I suppose the team continue to pick up, you know, still remain unbeaten? That's the fact that you mentioned all those players are still in, are injured, but the players that have stepped in are... They're more than capable of picking up the points so far. Uh it's it's probably the strongest dairy squad that that, that I can can ever remember, and that includes the uh, the Stephen Kenny squad from two thousand and six. Um, you look at the like some midfield where Cameron Dummigan's out and, and Adam O'Reilly, and then in come uh Sadu Diallo, and then and say alongside him is Patrick McLennie, Will Patson, um. And that that's just the bench. And then we've got McJanet and Mark Connolly here missing in um in, in defence. Michael Duffy, who picked up an injury in the warm-up in the first game of the season. Then you've got Ollie O'Neill who's come in from Fulham on loan, um, who I think has he hasn't hit the ground running yet, but I, I like what I see with him. And I, I think as the season goes on, we'll, we'll see a bit more. And um Ben Doherty, who's returned to the club this year from he had he's quite a few years up in the Irish League between Lauren and and Cole Rainey's returned this year and he, he I think he started the season pretty well. Um like as I said, and then we've still Colin Whelan as well to come under the, the squad as well. Um he he's been long term since his UCD days and um it's it's quite frightening um when you think about when you think about it, and if I was a supporter of another League of Ireland club, and I'm looking at looking at that, the points there I've gained, and then maybe looking at the, the players that they're actually missing, and still able to they produce the results they're getting. Um, I think it's uh, it's quite exciting um, as a Derry fan, but if you're a League of Ireland fan, you're probably a wee bit worried. <laughs> and can I touch on one player that came home, came back to Derry? Well, he's from Derry, but. He, uh, this was halfway through last season. He was unknown at Shell's first part of the season, but he's he's back <clears throat> home in Derry. But he, I suppose he he took a while. Like he didn't feature that much towards the end of last season, but this season is Arna is Jordan McAniff, and he's been banging in the goals for Derry. It was how how pivotal has he been to Derry's start of the season? Oh, he, he's been massive. Like, and he got the the opening goal of the season against. Against some Pats, um, and he scored against Cork, I think too, did he? Um, and he's got a double. Um, he got the first two against UCD as well, last Monday. But 
he, I think he provides something different um, to, to what we, we've had before. Um, he, he gives you a, a runner from, from, from midfield. He, he likes to drive at the fences, um, get get in the box, get on the end of cutbacks, etc. And um, he he scored in in the cup final from the penalty spot. But I think if you seen the, he actually won the penalty in the cup final. If you seen the run that he made, he made a run off the 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 striker and he got in behind and he he was brought down and that's the kind of things that he's been doing from the start of the season. Um, but I think his goal against Pats, he picked the ball up and he just drove at the defence and uh, and took a shot from Major Box and it ended up in the top corner. Um, it gives us something different. I think the only person that we may have been able to compare him to from a previous squad was Joe Thompson, um, who's who's away off the Larne in the, the Irish League. Um, and... Jordan, um, I know the last few years when he was at Arsenal, he's picked up niggly injuries that he, he couldn't seem to shift. And um, we're hoping that um, maybe Derry City and the, the medical team there have been able to crack it. And in terms of being able to keep him fit, and I think he's going to be pivotal for us in the in the, the long run because, as we all know, that if you want to be successful, you need to get goals from midfield. And and he's got four already, like and um. Hopefully it continues. And Derry have they've had you could say a mixed bag of performances. Like that game in Tala that it was Sherman Covers were had majority possession, but Derry still came away with the win. Like Derry are winning games in different ways this year. How satisfying is that to see? You know, they're not they're not drawing games anymore. They're not you know they're not I know the Jewish Dundalk the last day, but Drew you know, the Jewish Dundalk, but you know, Derry are finding ways to win games this year that they might not have won last year. Oh uh, yeah, um, I think it's if you want to win the league title, you have to you have to do that, don't you? Um, they they went to Tala, and as you say, the Rovers probably dominated the ball. Um, but Derry found a way to they win the game, and um, I think we showed a bit of we showed something in our game that we in that game that we hadn't seen maybe. In the type of games last year, we showed a resilience whenever our backs was against the wall. Um, there was a lot of boys putting their, their bodies on the line, especially near the end of the game. I think Shane McElhinney, um threw himself in front of one block, then he got straight up and he, he blocked another one straight away. And it's just wee things like that added key moments and key ga- in games that, uh, that win you points, that it could potentially win you, win, win you trophies. And um, it's pleasing because we lost like um the other night we were talking about because Shelburne had drew with Sham McGrovers and Polka and Derry had drawn at home to draw uh Dundalk and people are thinking, Oh, is that a point dropped? And or two points dropped or a point gained, then you're looking at the results last year. We lost both home games to to Dundalk and this year we've managed to, to pick up a point against them. Um so you could look at it as a point gain from from that perspective, but I think um, this they pick up game wins in games where you're not exactly at your best, especially in the early part of the season. Um, it, it is pleasing because you can only get stronger and you can only build confidence, confidence from that. And Rory Higgins touched upon it on his aftermath interview on Friday. They say that the second half was the best Derry have played this season, and I have to agree with them. Um, and if we can produce that kind of performance for for 90 minutes 
um, as the season goes on, then I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll pick up more wins and we will draws. I think last year we dropped twenty odd points at home, um, which is massive. Um, and I'm sure at home it's their home form that let us down because I think we had the best away form last year. So um, if we can start to turn those draws into wins, especially at the Brandeville, um, I think I think it will be um, satisfying because it's. At the end of the day, um, we've won the cup last year. When we started the season pretty well, we we want to we want to kick on. So we do, and um, we we want to put as much pressure on Shamrock Rovers as we possibly can. They they see if they can close the gap on us. You're not exactly filling me with hope here, JP. Anyway, no, no. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, you're absolutely fucking depressing us here. <laughs> but um, no, because you you kind of mentioned there, JP. You know how it's frightening for other clubs, like um which it truly is like. And when you go through the list of players that are either out injured and the players that are coming in to replace them are equally as good. And like, it's kind of nearly like a case of the League of Ireland Galacticos that, you know, um, which is, but it must be kind of like, obviously Philip, Philip Podardi has always been, you know, he's been the chairman there for quite a few years now. And he kind of always had the club out in terms of, you know, covering the deficit at the end of the season and things like that. But, like it must be kind of surreal for a Derry City fan now, like to have the resources um at your disposal that you currently have and probably will have for ever in a day when you see his son coming in behind him. Um <laughs> but that 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 must be I wouldn't say it's difficult to get your head around, but what are what are your thoughts on that? Like, you know, he's like Philip has said that he, you know, basically Rory can go out and sign any player he wants. That must be kind of like you know more than yourself, JP. Kind of winning the the Euro Millions ten times over. It's it's crazy stuff. <laughs> oh, it it is surreal. Um, because there was many a year where we were coming up towards September, um, October, and you're you're thinking, well, who are we going to have here next year? Um, because players were maybe on one year contract or they were in the final year of a two year contract, and um, your best players were. We're being looked at by Dundalk and Cork, and um, it was very frustrating at that time because you were starting to put together a good, a good squad, and then all of a sudden, then it, it became ripped apart because we didn't have the resources to be able to um, to, to hold on to them. Um, but as you say, <laughs> um, and now we're signing players on two, three-year, four-year contracts. I think I think Ronan Boyce signed a. A contract last year that that would keep him at the club for four and a half years. Four, Michael Duffy yeah. signed signed for four years. It's 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 not just the short term that you can see that that Philip wants. He's looking these he's looking they bolts on long term as well. And um, I know when he this time last year he was talking about the building a new training ground for for the first team in the academy and stuff. And I think that's absolutely crucial, um, for the club. And then when you look at the attendances that. We're, we're limited to something like 3,700 and quite possibly could maybe sell nearly twice that, um, you know, and uh, you're running, people running around a Friday afternoon trying to get tickets for their friend and um, never in my lifetime have, have I seen that and never did I ever think we would and um, it's just a pity that um, the Stormont executive and the government is not up and running at the minute because that's we need demons up so so the council and the club can can file an application for 
the the Stadia Fund that it, that is sitting there waiting to to be touched by every club in Northern Ireland, and I'm sure with the crowds that Derry are getting, I'm sure they they will no doubt be trying to tap into that. And Philip has already said that he's going to try and um build a a terracing stand behind one of the goals for for next year. They they try and increase the capacity that wee bit more for us. Um, it's it's just it's unbelievable. Just, but not just to see it on match day, but the buzz around the city, not even the city, but the entire county. Like they, they take twenty five thousand to the the Aviva in November was just unbelievable, and um the atmosphere was the best I've ever seen um at a Derry City game, and and that and that tops Paris Saint Germain in two thousand and six. I wasn't lucky enough to to go to Gretna the the round before that, but people said it was pretty amazing being there, but. For me, that Aviva Cup final, the the atmosphere was the best I've ever witnessed, and it's just it's just built over into this season. And whenever you get something like that, you need to build upon it. And right now, the club on the field are doing that, and hopefully that they can continue to get the get the wins, uh, the points on the board that, that can propel us towards a hopefully a first league title since '97. You put that down to uh, Rory Higgins. I know, like, obviously, the, the chairman must really um, have faith in him because I suppose he didn't necessarily back maybe the likes of, um, uh, what you call him, Kenny thing before him. And, uh, Kenny Shields. Kenny yeah, Kenny Shields. And obviously, uh, Declan Devine as well. Certainly not to the same extent that he's backing Rory Higgins anyway, you know. Yeah, uh, I suppose the one change in all that is whenever he was Devine and Kenny Shields was there was, Philip was still in charge of the the company that he owned. Where since since then he he's he's sold it off um to, to an American company. So um he uh, although he's still part of the the company, he, he's not effect effectively. He's now just um a shareholder or something like that. I'm I'm not a, exactly sure, but I think that's the one difference is he he's now he's now able to they they put it, the money that, that he wants into Derry and um, it's I think the last time I was on on your show um, I think it was back a couple of seasons and um, we, we as we were recording Devine was still in charge and I think when the show went out um, Rory Higgins was a, was appointed and we went to showgrounds and we, we won the, we were bottom of the table and we went to showgrounds and won 1-0 and and um, the chairman said at that press conference that he was giving Rory Higgins a three and a half year contract, and he was and tr- he was trusting him. They they won as a title. And within the three and a half years, and everybody's just looking at one another uh, as well, what's he on here. And then, but obviously, he knew what was coming down the line where where we didn't know at that stage. And it was only a few months later that started to emerge that um, he was effectively in negotiations in terms of of his business um, and. I suppose that's the one, the one difference really between the previous managers, David Higgins. JP, like you know, when I suppose when when Philip said like about giving Rory a three and a half year contract, and as you said there, like Philip always knew what was coming down the line. Like it's just it, like as a Derry fa- Derry City fan, like you must think like it's inevitable that Derry City are going to win a title, whether it's this year or next year. Like it's inevitable. Does that kind of 
and, and going back to where you would have been previously, kind of similar enough to every other club in the League of Ireland that you're kind of wishing, hoping, praying, crossing everything you can that you might have a chance of winning a title. Does it kind of change your perspective as a fan? Like, well, it's inevitable. Does it take anything away from that kind of, you know? Yeah, uh, I, I think now it. it's it's expectation rather than hope. I think previously it was, um, yeah. I think previously you were hoping they build a squad that could maybe challenge. And the top two, I think Kenny Shields made a good fist of it in his first year, he, right in the September. He was, he was splitting Dundalk and Cork and then... Um, just kind of fell away near the end of the season and Devine as well, I think and his first spell was was top of the table at um uh in the summer and we fell away and uh I think it was a, I think one year Sla- I think it was Sligo maybe went on to win the league and then the next year Pats went on to win it and then we didn't really mount the challenge. Um and I wouldn't even say we've mounted a challenge up until last year, but I think the challenge last year was kind of coincided with Shamrock Rovers being in Europe. And they were dropping points and and domestically, but um, I, I think as I said already, um, it's more it's expectation now for us rather yeah. than hope that we can build it. And you're looking at the table and you're thinking you're seven points clear, Shamrock Rovers, and um, and I, um, and the reason I keep mentioning Rovers is because they're the team that's going Shams. for four in a row. <laughs> Sorry, Shamrock Rovers. And uh. You're looking at that and thinking, right, if we can get ahead of them, maybe another few more points, is there another team that could maybe potentially come in and, and start to put us under pressure? And obviously there will be, but I think the longer the season goes on, the more, and the longer the season goes on, and if we're the team that's, that, that's leading the league, then, then that's when the, the likes of Patrick McLennie, Michael Duffy, potentially Mark Conley, um, Guys who've been there and done it and, and won titles, and and McLenny and Duffy's done it, and in the League of Ireland, Conley I think got a few promotions under his belt in Scotland. Um, it's same kind of players, and Rory Higgins himself as well. So, um, I think I think it's same kind of players that that will start the our players will, will look to and for, for guidance and and how to how to manage the, that expectation. Um. But right now, um, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting because for the the first time in 16, 17 years as a Derry City fan, I can truly believe, I can truly say going in the in the league season that I think we've got a pretty good chance of winning the league and not hoping that we have a good chance. And if you were to give a score prediction for Friday's game, JP, I think I was recording earlier for Irish Footy Vlogs, and I think I went two one Derry. I think I went two one Derry, and that so I'm going to stick with that. Right, lads, final part of this week's show. We'll look ahead to Friday night's game, the last game before the international break against Derry away at the Brandywell on Friday night. David, it's a, it'll be a difficult one. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a tricky one. Um, Derry are going well, slotted in behind bowls. Like JP said, they've got a they've got a really strong squad despite the, the bodies that are missing. So tough ask enough for the lads still. They'll want to put out the errors, the silly goals that they're giving away because I don't think we'll get they'll be as forgiven um as as Cork were on uh on Saturday evening. They're not conceding a lot of goals themselves, so trying to trying to get into 
into a game that you're, you're giving away goals early is, is going to be really tough. It's I think we'll we'll have to try and hit them on the counter. Um, so yeah, it, it's 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 going to be tricky that they're they're good form and, and they're going quite well. So um, fingers crossed. I I think we can get a point out of it up there. Don't know if we'll get all three. I'm normally very very positive and optimistic on this, but uh, Derry are going well. So I think the lads the lads can get a point and, and come home on Friday night with it. And Donald did mention the counter attack there. The the setup will probably have to be different been away from home. Yeah, well, like we're as the boys were saying there earlier on, we're gonna to have to play like what Cork did, I suppose, kind of sit in and uh hit Derry on the break. Uh, you'd imagine that Derry are gonna have an awful lot of possession. But like we've seen in the, the few games already this season, like we've a lot of uh, we've a lot of uh, quality going forward as well. So like we can we can hurt Derry just as much as they can hurt us. Um I'm actually kind of quietly optimistic about that game. I think I think it's near it, I wouldn't call it a free hit for us, but certainly the form that Derry are in, I don't think that there'll be a huge weight of expectation on us. And uh I think uh, I think we might turn a few heads on Friday night. And Jerry, do you want to come in? Yeah, um as bad as the pitch is in Derry, I think it actually might suit us in terms of like, you know, moving the ball quick. Um so that actually might suit us on the break and things like that. Um, I think we can, like, I suppose looking at the Dundalk results against Derry up there, like if Dundalk are capable of getting a nil all, you'd imagine we're capable of getting a point up there too. So I'd probably go for, you know, a hopeful one all. And I, as I said to you, I think, I think the pitch will, as bad as it is, it, it might suit us in that, you know, our passing game. And obviously, look, look, Derry are a brilliant passing team themselves. So, yeah, it should be a good game. And Magoo? Um, yeah, just like what the boys were saying there, really. Um, I think I think we have enough to cause them problems. I think we will score. Um, it's just cutting out the mistakes, really, is is our bigger issue. I seen earlier stats that uh, we are second on... Uh, Big chances created per ninety, uh, for the season so far, only behind Shams, but we're tenth for, uh, chances given up. So we've the best record for big wow. chances up in the whole league, and that just proves our point of, uh, the goals that we're conceding are our own making, like our own doing, and they're, they've been long shots as well, like which obviously don't be counted in the chances created in the XG, like so, um, but interestingly. Derry are first in the chances given up, so they've they've conceded the most big chances per game, um, which, considering they have most a lot of possession in most of the games, is is a mad fact too. Like, so I think we'll definitely get chances. So if we can cut out the, the sloppiness of our own, uh, giving away chances and and letting lads have a shot, like you can't be letting fucking Michael Duffy or Patrick McElhenney or any of fellas, twenty five thirty yards out, uh, having free pass to the goal, like because that's only going any one way, like. So if we can keep that, and I think on the break, we definitely have enough to score at least once. So you'd be hopeful that we might get at least a draw out of it, yeah. I just think our best performances this season, when you look at the Shams game, the Pats game, uh, I suppose teams that are <laughs> going to play, they're, they're going to come and play a bit of football against us. 
we like it should be a good game of football. That's that, that's I suppose that's basically what I'm thinking. It'll be a good game of football. It's not like the likes of uh, the likes of uh, Drada, no disrespect to them, or Cork that are kind of going to sit in. We're going to try and break them down. It'll be tough for Toe. And uh, like I just think uh, I don't know. I, I just have a sneaky feeling that we're going to sneak one out of it. To be honest, man, Donald. Just, I hope just, you're right anyway. Yeah. I'll yeah. Take that. I suppose just on the last point uh, for myself, um, I just think we we need to we we need to start doing the dirty stuff. We need we need to start enjoying doing the dirty stuff. It's not all about the nice stuff and passing and moving and things like that. We need to get a little bit more passionate about doing the you know the nasty stuff, the dirty stuff, the hard work stuff. You know, throwing your body throwing your body in front of the ball thirty yards from goal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that desire to get out and block the. Um, the shot you know that kind of way don't don't give them any opportunity like you know if we're offering up opportunities like you know we're creating opportunities but have we got have we got it within ourselves to stop the opportunities for them well it'd be interesting to see like one man who was who who never had any problem with throwing his body in the line drama and he he only had one game suspension didn't he yeah so he'll be back in contention for this week, like. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes back in again or uh, what Russell does there. And David Donald thinks it's going to be a win, two-one win. I think Donald said. Jerry said one-one. Yeah. Score prediction from yourself. Yeah, I was thinking the same as Jerry. There, one-all draw. I will take it, but I'd rather take Donald's two-one. Magoo. <laughs> uh, oh Jesus. Um. Ah, uh, fuck it. 3 2 toss for the crack. Jeez. It's Paddy's day. Let's go mad. Lola Forrick. Why, Magoo? <laughs> I'm going to say 2 2. It's exciting Paddy's evening for you. Any buses going, lads? Just before you. Yeah, so uh, the Supporters Trust are looking at running a bus. So if you want to get in contact with any of our pages, if you're interested in going, yeah. Um, it, it, it's, not, it, it's not guaranteed that it's going because, in fairness, look, we were late getting our stuff together. So. Um, but if anybody wants to travel on the bus, yeah, just give us a shout in any of our, our pages. Thank you, David. Thanks, Ronan. Thanks, lads. Thank you, Donald. Thanks, Ronan. Garmagot. <laughs> thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Ronan. And, and thank you, Magoo. I heard those thousands of Cheers, people. Cheers, boys. I'm proud. I'm going to open one. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. They're looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1! One, one. It's brilliant! 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 Here comes Quigley. And it's there! It's Lager over three. St. Patrick's Athletic 2. And that could be the decisive moment in the title race. We will never forget this day.